bogged down. Would that be fair to say? Okay. Right. Okay. Push fast. <laughs> don't dip dip down, don't <laughs> You do know I'm Mark Felix, don't you? You do you, you know I'm Mark Felix. You press it up that's what we do to hold it. <laughs> Bang it through the roof. Don't dip <laughs> And then fast like a tuck punch. It's, I think the best thing about the video is he adds zero value. <laughs> like he's spending three or four minutes explaining to one of the strongest men in the world that the way to do a push press is push fast. Mark Felix is just kind of like... Yeah, okay. oh, right, yeah. Uh, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea that was how he went about it. Let's talk about productivity. <clears throat> cool, are you recording? Yeah, I've been recording for the last five minutes. Oh wow! It's good to give a bit of uh, material, as it were. <laughs> That's true. I can always edit together some uh, some of the Yorkshiremen. I, yeah, so I expect the, the podcast to open with push fast. Short <laughs> dip. <laughs> the thing I worry about is when so in the last podcast when I go just mid sentence go book down, book book down. Whether whether people they just go like. Um, <laughs> Did Johnny just say bogged down in a weird way? If you actually get bogged down in the idea that... <laughs> if you don't eat, then you can't lose weight. Then you have to accept that what you're saying is a physical impossibility <laughs> that no reasonable person is going to believe. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. The topic for this one is productivity. So neither of us are gurus about it, but these are certainly two angles that you'll hopefully benefit from. Johnny works full-time at the moment in an office, and I'm a medical student, and so we can give you some, some insight from things that we've found that have worked quite well for us in terms of balancing training around life. So I think the reason that we wanted to speak about it is... We've both recently found that progression really is a result of repeated action over a, a long period of time. And the most important thing you can do each day is ensure that you're meeting the, the base requirements of what you need to do. And that becomes increasingly difficult when you live in a world in which you're surrounded, swamped by you know new inputs of things that you should be doing or tasks that other people set for you, deadlines that are imposed on you by um, either yourself or other people. So we're really just going to discuss tips for productivity and how that pertains to um, getting massive and lean, really, and strong. So, because, I mean, who doesn't want to be massive, lean and strong? Wouldn't you say, Yusuf, that's, that's pretty much the meaning of, of life? I'd say everyone from the... The infant to the old woman wants to be massive, lean and strong. So let's get to it. A book that I've read recently, which I'd say is probably one of the most useful things in terms of developing good habits, was called How to Be a Straight A Student by Cal Newport. So aside from the stupid name, it does actually live up to it. And the idea behind the book is that the author went round 
looking at commonalities between habits of the top-performing Harvard, Yale, Princeton students. And what he found was that the majority of these guys weren't kind of, they weren't locked away studying in the library all the time. Like, they, they often were very good at balancing the their social life and um, sporting endeavours and all that kind of thing with their studies. Um, and it was really more about maximising the efficiency of their work. So they might only work for one or two hours a day, but if you look at most students, the productivity goes very quickly down the pan, especially if they spend any longer than, than that. So he advises a physical calendar. I like to use the Apple one, uh, iCal, and just create time slots for different tasks of the day so that if you look in the next day, you know exactly what you're doing at what time. It's pretty simple. Assign like a one-hour slot for working on a certain assignment, for example. And then once the hour is up, you just stop there. And so that ensures that you don't cause things to drag on by procrastinating, not getting things done very efficiently, and also sets a, a kind of an end point so you no longer feel guilty about finishing it. Yeah, I've, I kind of reached the same conclusions as Yusuf, but through reading the works of different people. So obviously Tim Ferriss is a, a big name when it comes to productivity and time management. Leo Babuta of zenhabits.net. Um, and then also David Allen, who wrote <coughs> Getting Things Done, which is probably the most influential like, productivity system around today. Um, what a lot of them hint at is the idea of, as Yusuf, say, Yusuf says, creating time-constrained or task-constrained limits around what you're doing and not letting work simply bleed into, into your day. Um, and this, this principle is basically something called Parkinson's Law, which surround, which is the idea that um, unless you assign an amount of time for a task, the task will just fill whatever time you allocate to it. So if you sit down at five o'clock and say, well, I'm going to revise or I'm going to work or do chores or whatever, um, if you don't say, I'm going to do this for 90 minutes or 60 minutes, then it could be that by 11 o'clock, you are still trying to achieve those things and you're actually no further forward. And when it comes to back to what we're trying to improve on, if that means that you get less sleep, if that means you skip a training session, if that means you could have spent the evening doing mobility, that's not really um, coherent when it comes to being efficient and, and achieving the goals that we're setting out to achieve. There is another book um, I've annoyingly forgotten the name of the author but the the crux of his argument was that um in terms of creating these these time slots to stop tasks just bleeding into the rest of the day as johnny said it was more about managing concentration so rather than managing the, the time and just kind of arbitrarily setting yourself to do a task at a certain time is to look at when you're most switched on which for some people is morning some people might be evening but work with that rather than trying to like push a square peg into a round hole and force yourself to <laughs> to do a, you know an intense like mathematical task first thing in the morning if you're not a morning person and some people also say like when they're fasting they're in a glucagon dominant state and so their sympathetic nervous system is firing a little bit more they find that they're good at kind of repetitive monotonous tasks that you know things like stats or data processing but not so good with creative style work that you know you might need to be a little bit more relaxed to deal with so it's also about finding the task and matching it to what you think that your 
emotional and physiological state will be at different times of the day. Yeah. With with that a similar similar thing, something that is is written about quite a bit, and there was actually a, a, a BBC News article on this recently, is an idea called decision decision fatigue, which is centered around the idea that basically you have a limited capacity to make decisions during each and every day um, and the more decisions you make the less effective you are at making each subsequent decision so um, in this example they looked at um, jury trial like cr criminals who were trialed by juries and they found that generally speaking people who were trialed in the evening were given less the time spent considering the outcome was less and it was more likely to be a, a guilty um, verdict than a non-guilty verdict. And the, the theory behind this is that the jury was experiencing decision fatigue and reaching a conclusion more quickly because they were le they had less capacity available. So back to what Yusuf was saying about deciding how you apportion your, your work during the day, perhaps moving things more towards the start of the day that are very complicated or big, important tasks, and then more monotonous things like doing the dishes or folding clothes away towards the end of the day which um, require less cognitive input so I guess in, to summarise what we've really said um, limits are a very powerful thing and customising the tasks that you do to when you feel you're most productive that's really interesting about the, uh, the jury you know if you come back from work and you're tired and pissed off and hungry um, don't then <laughs> don't then start a task that's going to have a real critical impact on <clears throat> the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, like if, if you've had if you've had a terrible day at work, don't decide whether somebody should go on death row or not, right? Because that's just not fair. Like, do it in the morning. Fair enough, really. <laughs> um, there was one uh, concept that Johnny was telling me about recently that I thought was fascinating from the Getting Things Done book. And that was the idea of uh, background stress of tasks. I wonder if you can discuss that for a minute. Sure. So <clears throat> getting things done is something that I'm trying to implement at the minute. And it really is a, um, a thesis of a book. Um, not really in terms of how long it is, but in terms of you know, each page discusses quite a, quite a complicated concept that is actually involves kind of overhauling your life and how you think and how you process information um, but in the book David Allen centers his idea around how we all have um, open loops as it were in our mind at any one period of time and an open loop is simply something that at some point in the past we've promised ourselves either either formally or subconsciously that we're going to complete a certain thing so maybe that you're walking around your house you see um, a nail sticking out the wall that's slightly bent and you think oh I must fix that you don't maybe make a note of it you don't actually communicate to anybody that you're planning on doing that but that task is then logged in your mind as, a, as an open loop and you accumulate these things every day all the time tasks that are either given to you by somebody else or tasks that you manufacture from the the work that you do and um, David Allen discusses that the, the best way to manage, is, manage these things is by getting them out of your head as soon as possible um, by you know, using a, a to-do list or a notepad. And what Yusuf was saying is <clears throat> the, the idea behind why this is so bad 
is simply because having these open loops is actually a form of emotional mental stress. And if you have lots of open loops at any one time, you're incapable of dealing with new situations appropriately. And something that may be quite a minor thing, like a, a cup of tea spilling, for example, you may overreact simply because actually what you're doing is coping with that on top of all the additional stress that you've already subconsciously created for yourself. I think we've all experienced that where you think of something that you need to do or something that you, you're annoyed at, whatever it is, that causes some kind of emotional hold-up or resistance, and then you forget what it was actually about, but you still hold on to the, uh, <laughs> the emotion itself. And then you're walking around, like, tensed up or pissed off about something, but you're not sure what it is anymore. Yeah. So I think... Nipping these things in the bud straight away, whether it means writing it down and and offloading it from openly spinning in your head, so that you can action the item rather than yeah just half think about it. I think when something occurs to you that needs to be done, I think you need to log it somewhere, somewhere that you trust will remind you when it's when it's needed, and then also decide what is the action required for that task. So. If you, if let's say, going back to my nail in the wall example, you think, oh, I need to do something about that, but you never actually decide what that is. You never really do anything. You just have a list that says fix nail. So really, the really the list should say, go to the DIY shop, buy the things required to fix the nail, a portion a period of time in my calendar, as Yusuf was saying, to go and fix the nail. And as as ridiculous as that may sound. If you have this clear map of there, there's an issue that I, that I observed, I've attached a task to it and I've attached a time to it, now I can completely forget about it because I know that my to-do list or my, my Mac or my phone on Saturday afternoon will remind me, go to the DIY shop. And that then allows you to then interact with the world with this, to, to quote, you know, like Bruce Lee and martial arts have like mind like water where you respond to situations as as is required rather than dealing with this accumulation of things that you need to do that create this background stress. Cool. Um, <laughs> one other thing that uh, we did want to cover today was the idea of motivation versus habits. So this goes for training, this goes for a lot of um, similar approaches. The first wave idea was that you need to get really motivated and amped up, but you know, to get something done. But most things that need to be developed tend to be very long-term, consistent habits that, uh, you know, working on the basics for a long period of time. And motivation is very fleeting, and you can't always rely on being super amped up to get in good shape. Because, yeah, fine, for a day, you're going to be really up for it, but then reality sets in that you're going to have to do a 20-week diet and... <laughs> You can't rely on the momentum of motivation for just that. So all of the, the tips that we've covered today are, are more about developing the consistent habits until it becomes a point where it's you just do it. You wake up and you brush your teeth. You don't have to like get super, you know, get a pep talk to brush your teeth, for example. <laughs> so myself and Johnny have been um, pretty much since the first of January meditating every morning, even if it's just for three minutes or. You know, I'm I'm currently up to 25 minutes in the morning, 
and uh, the the data seems to show that like twelve days is the tipping point for maintaining a streak. So if you've done twelve days in a row meditation, you're very likely to continue up onto the thirteenth day and and onwards. I think what I've learned from from habits is that you should begin with the the iteration of the habit that is almost laughably easy. Um, so with with meditation, for example, I started off with a minute, which there's no research backing that a minute of meditation does anything, and focusing on your breath for sixty seconds um, feels like the most insignificant task in the world. But um, I started with that for a week, and then incrementally added time and what you do by by approaching a habit like that is you create what is a new normal for you so if if I sat down having never meditated before and said oh well Yusuf from propane fitness like he's he's great like I, I want to be like him which obviously everybody already thinks um but let's say off, off the back of this podcast you uh you decide you want to be like Yusuf and so you think all right I'm tomorrow morning I'm going to set my phone, set, set the alarm on my phone, I'm going to meditate for 25 minutes. You'll be really motivated, you'll do it for a couple of days, and then you'll stop. And the reason you'll stop is that's not, you're not used to, to allowing the time in your schedule to consistently get that done. Um, by incrementally adding the task to your day, you create a situation where waking up and meditating is something that you're used to doing. And the only way that you allowed that to happen was by making it easy and simple enough so that it didn't even require willpower to start doing it um so this is really more you know the, the first the first part of the podcast what we're discussing was how to kind of you know the mindset to have and and techniques to use to kind of allow you the time to deal with the the everyday tasks you know the work the revision the the chores to then allow you to free up the time to do things like um start a meditation practice or start mobility work or ensure that you prepare meals such that you always hit your macros or ensure you always get your training session in um and then i think when you consider those things are all really just habits then you know you could maybe approach tracking your macros in the in the same way or you could maybe approach um practicing your squat technique in the same way or how, whatever you're trying to achieve I think the other benefit of starting say you know starting a task at a level where it's insignificant so 60 seconds of meditation in the morning is that because it's insignificant like you really have no excuse to to miss it and if you do wake up and uh, decide to bail on your 60 seconds of meditation then you are a bell end and so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a scientific term as well I think. yeah that's um yeah. it's a clinical term yeah. so um with the same with macros like if you start really getting your foot in the door by saying i'm gonna hit my macros today plus or minus 100 grams like <laughs> if, if you if you don't hit your macros plus or minus 100 grams like then you've got no business being alive so <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like that's at the situation where you could either have all of your calories either not there or double the target. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
there we go. So if, if, if you can't even fit into into that bracket, um, then I, I guess there's, there's some work that needs doing first. But, you know, you can start to tighten up macros more and more until, I mean, me and Johnny both hit macros within five grams. I think through the habits, it's not really a stressful task anymore. And you, you just kind of drift into it by the end of the day. So getting the foot in the door with a ridiculous starting point is uh, can be quite good to get the ball rolling. I mean, you have to consider as well that... Well, then. All right, we're back, guys. We got um, temporarily kidnapped and tortured by the internet there and uh, lost connection. So um, we're just going to summarise what we've been saying. Start and end time, um, and then when that time comes, just stop doing the task to stop the things bleeding into each other. So number two, which is manage limits, and that would be, you know, assigning an amount of time that you're going to sit down and do that task and be strict with when you stop, so that a task doesn't just fill the time that you're sitting there. A task fills a block of time, and what that will end up doing is is making you more efficient in the time that you actually sit down and try and achieve what it is you're trying to do. Number three, uh, your emotional state and physiology appropriate to the nature of the task and how you how you feel at different points in the day. And number four is starting with um, the most insignificant increment of the task first. So if it's, let's say, you've never exercised before and you want to start exercising, Go for a walk for a minute in the morning or go to the gym for 15 minutes on once a week. Start with the, the most ridiculous, most simple, easiest version of the, of the habit that you're trying to create and then progress with purpose in small increments. And also download, if you have an iPhone or a smartphone, download a Streaks app. Um, I think there is one actually called Goal Streaks and record the number of days in a row that you complete the task. And that in itself serves as a positive feedback loop. You know, just looking over the past two weeks of complete, uh, successfully completing the habit is, is reward in itself. So that's, a, that's another great tool. Number six, close the open loops. So anytime something comes to mind of, oh, I need to do that, write it down, get it out of your head, get it onto paper and assign a next action to that task so that it's it's actionable and banged through the roof <laughs> and then lastly just to, to finish off um i've previously written an article on um this this great website propanefitness.com uh where i cover something called the pomodoro technique and that is um the perfect expression of of what we're talking about at the minute of working in in 25 minute blocks with five minute breaks and being very protective of your spare time. And in that article, I, I discuss how to use the Pomodoro technique um, as it pertains to, to training and diet. So the ways you can use that technique to ensure that you hit your macros or stretch properly, etc. So yeah, check that out and we'll, we'll put a link below. Cool. Um, there's one more article uh, on procrastination. We'll also stick that in the link below for your reading pleasure it's got a great video in as well
Yep. <laughs> so that's it from us. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>